0: This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by Taylortalk.org What's up guys and welcome to episode 163 of Taylor Talk the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam.
1: I'm Diane. I'm Sammy.
2: And I'm Steve. Hey Steve. Yo. what's up, Hi. buddy? Hey, I'm finally clean. <laughs> ha You I'm took here. a shower?
0: Yeah that's good. Good to hear, good to know.
2: <laughs> so if you're a new listener,
0: welcome. If uh, you've been listening for a while, welcome back. We have an interesting episode for you guys. We're experimenting with something new here. So those that have been listening for a while know we kind of have a pretty strict structure we usually stick to, and uh it consists of some news and calendar and stuff like that, and then a main discussion topic well. Our main discussion is going to be made up of several items this time. We're just experimenting with it, so let us know if you like it. We're basically taking some goings-on in Taylor's career and chatting about them. Pretty, pretty straightforward, but a little bit different than what we normally do. So definitely give us feedback if you like it, if you hate it. You know, if you hate it, we don't have to do it twice. But if you like it, we'll do it again. <laughs> Sounds good. No yes, one cares. I'm just rambling. No No one cares about what I have to say.
3: No, we don't.
0: Oh. I, I care, Adam.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Adam, Steve. <too. laughs> Glad you someone know what? does. From last week's episode, one thing is to me to be like, oh, I agree with you, Adam. And you were like waiting for that. And then it wasn't there. Oh. So, <laughs> I wasn't there. But it was a good episode. That was, you guys had a great discussion of cleaned.
0: Thanks, buddy. So. so, Sammy, what's been going on in uh, the world of Taylor News lately?
3: Um, so, the 1989 World Tour will be brought to Australia in November of 2015. She becomes the first female solo act to play back-to-back stadium tours in Australia. On November 28th, 2015, Taylor will be in Sydney. On December 5th, 2015, she'll play Brisbane. On December 7th, she'll play Adelaide. And on December 11th, she will play Melbourne. tickets to go on sale on December 12th, which is this Friday yes um and Taylor filmed the Victoria's Secret fashion show in London this week she sang Style in Blank Space and she also invited a few fans from Tumblr to meet her before the show and gave them tickets to see the fashion show and to see her perform um what that's else? really cool That's super yeah nice. it is I was like I, I saw the photos of them meeting her and I was like how did that happen and then I saw her post and I was like oh that's so cute <laughs> um And 1989 reached 2.5 million sales in the U.S. this week and 3.4 million sales worldwide. Um, With the new RIAA ranking thingy that they're including streaming, um, Blank Space has the number one spot on the Hot Digital Songs chart with another 342,000 downloads for a total of 1.2 million, as well as the number one spot on the Hot 100 chart for the third week in a row. And shake it off. Digital sales past the three million mark this week. That's a lot of numbers. A lot of big numbers. Yeah, it numbers, is. A lot of-
0: <laughs> Re- remember when uh, people Glad told? I don't work for them. Re- remember when people were skeptical about Taylor switching to pop, saying it wouldn't sell. Yeah. Remember when people told her her album wouldn't break a million?
1: They yeah. no, were wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank no, you for that- the news, Sammy. <laughs> Diane, what does she have coming up on her calendar?
1: Well, on December 9th, the Victoria's Secret fashion show will air from London on CBS. Um, And then on December 12th is the Z100 Jingle Ball at Madison Square Garden. And December 13th, Taylor Swift turns 25 years old.
3: No, she
1: doesn't. Yeah, isn't that weird? I don't know about
0: you, but I'm feeling
1: 25. (laughs) (laughs) Um and then on December 31st is the Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan
3: Seacrest.
0: That's just the 13 backwards. It totally counts. Mm-hmm.
3: True story, bro.
0: Taylor said it. If she said it, it has to be so. I
3: know. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs>
0: righty. So, thank you, Diane, for the calendar. Hope everybody got those dates written down if you're interested in keeping up with what's going on with Taylor. So, let's talk about some fun fun discussions, I guess. Some things that have been going on in the news. Something really interesting, at least I thought is the fact that Scott Borchetta is going to be a mentor on American Idol, Scott Borchetta being the CEO of Taylor's record label. Now I don't
3: know why they're using the word mentor, because isn't he replacing Randy Jackson as a judge? No,
2: Randy was a, a mentor the last year. Oh. He right. was retired from judging. Switch that up a little bit, Sammy. They actually have had mentors. So last year, Randy did it. And actually, the years a couple of years before that, um, Jimmy Iovine was actually – I think he was actually kind of like the first mentor of that. And, I mean, he really had some success when he was the uh, mentor was Scott Phillips. And then it's kind of this last year was not that good with Randy. So I think they were looking for someone kind of more of the power of Jimmy Iovine.
3: Mm-hmm. So he's not a judge. He's like a mentor like Taylor was on The Voice, yeah?
2: Yeah. About the similar thing, yep.
3: All right.
0: Same idea. I mean, he said, There's only one reason I'm doing this. American Idol has proven again and again that it can launch superstars. I believe that working with these young artists, the same way we work with new artists at the Big Machine Label Group, will help American or help the next American Idol be as prepared as possible to continue the tradition of creating new superstars. So I'm sure at least some people are probably wondering, like, why is this relevant to taylor and trying to figure that out i know even sammy you texted me and you're like um how does this connect to taylor yeah, yeah
3: i mean i mean obviously she was on the voice but you know the voice the the winner of the voice if they're on the country label um they get signed to big machine anyway so it's kind of like scott has like a monopoly on m- music <laughs> music talent shows now. Well,
0: that's where where it gets interesting. That's where it gets interesting, Sammy, because technically The Voice gets signed to Universal Music Group, which is partnered with Big Machine. They do the distribution for Big Machine. Right. Right? So The Voice we always knew was connected to Big Machine, and when Taylor served as a mentor on it, we're all like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? Right. Now, when this was first announced, before I started reading and researching on it, I found it fascinating because we've always talked about – Fox not liking Big Machine, because they have the ACAs, and we've had a discussion in the past about how Big Machine artists never, ever win ACAs, yet somehow American idols like Carrie Underwood and Scotty McCreary come up taking a million ACAs home, Mm -hmm. right? Right. I I, I don't even think a Big Machine artist won an ACA until like 2012, and then 2013, of course, um, Tim McGraw, Taylor Swift, Keith Urban got Highway Don't Care. They got an award for that. But otherwise, Taylor, Taylor doesn't even have an ACA.
3: Artist or whatever it was. Sorry? And Taylor got the International Artist of the Year or whatever that silly one was. Was
0: that ACAs?
3: Yeah, it was.
0: Oh, weird. But here's the interesting thing. So we always thought, at least I always thought, like, wait, Fox doesn't like Big Machine Records, and that's why they always give Taylor the shaft on the awards. And I was just doing some digging and discovered that in 2010 American Idol shifted they used to have a deal with Sony slash BMG where the winner of American Idol like Carrie Underwood and all those older winners got signed to Sony Mm -hmm. slash BMG in 2010 they made a switch and they have a deal where the winner now gets signed to Universal Music Group just like The Voice
1: Okay, so no. they have both shows, which is kind of insane.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I just thought it was really fascinating because I'm curious to see, like, if Taylor makes an appearance on American Idol now that there is this sort of – I it's just still fascinating to me because I always looked at the two shows as being rivals. Mm-hmm. And then Scott what? Borchette appears on this where Taylor was on The Voice, and I'm like, wait a sec, what's going on? It blew my mind until I looked into the actual business behind it and realized – any winner from either of the shows gets signed to universal anyway.
2: Well, Adam, there was also some uh, bad blood back in 2010 too. Um, and that was when Taylor performed Nick's, and it, um, you know, people were very critical of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott kind of came to her rescue on that, uh, but his quote was kind of, uh, it says she speaks directly to her fans. And they speak directly, but this is not American Idol. This is not a competition of getting up and seeing who can sing the highest note. This is about a true artist, a true writer, a true communicator. It's not about technically perfect performance.
0: That's really interesting. So yeah. Scott Borchetta was kind of against American Idol and what it was. So, I mean, now maybe he just sort of sees the potential in the exposure these artists initially get. And it's like, hey, we need to develop them.
2: Well, and it's worked out well for what they've done so far with The Voice. So another show that's very successful that, you know, it's not that maybe it's kind of a competitor, but it's the same sort of premise. You know, they can they make big stars, too. So, hey, should both.
0: Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. But I mean, I guess the question then that remains is, If there is now a country artist that wins, which, again, American Idol has a history of country artists winning, like Carrie Underwood and Scotty McCreary. So will the American Idol country singers now be signed to Big Machine or one of Big Machine's labels under the Big Machine label group?
1: Isn't that what they said was going to happen?
0: They're signed to Universal Music Group. But Universal Music Group and Big Machine, I don't think, are the same company. Universal distributes for Big Machine.
3: So they're, so they're like on, partners, yeah. but not
0: the same company.
3: Yeah, but on The Voice, like, uh, Raylan and... Um, Cassidy Pope and da- Daniel Bradbury. And Daniel Bradbury, they all specifically went to Big Machine. Um, and they're like, you know... Well, I'm
0: sure Universal, Universal just allows that because they figure, yeah. oh, well, we're going to make money on the distribution anyway.
3: Yeah, but, but then the question is, is, would they do that on American Idol? I or guess we'll find out and see. Universal, yeah.
0: I mean, maybe American Idol is gonna be go through a little revival here because it, it was kind of dying for a while.
3: They're clearly trying.
0: Uh, hey, with some new people behind it, you never know. I mean, if yep. they get Taylor as a guest to perform, that'll up their ratings.
3: And then the other question is: is how does you know Scott Bruschetta being on Idol and you know them having a deal with with Idol will that affect Taylor winning awards at the ACAs and the that, well ACAs know, are out the ACA. window for Taylor
0: now because that's a country award show.
3: Yeah but the, the, I mean
0: if you rewound the clock a couple years maybe <laughs> but no not anymore I I don't I can't see her winning a country award at any of the award shows no matter who's behind it but that that's just me. you know feel free to think differently. Also in the news lately or not lately, it's just been in the news, Um, Taylor's performing at, or her performance at Jingle Ball, and I'm kind of wondering, because of the lineup of songs she did, we got Blank Space, We Are Never Getting Back Together, Love Story, I Knew You Were Trouble, and Shake It Off, is this kind of a hint at her tour set list? Because, you know, we were talking about how she can't completely deny her back catalog of songs, everything before 1989. However... She did pull out the pop songs off of Red. Or the two biggest ones, anyway.
3: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: And then her remix of Love Story, which I don't know if that's necessarily pop, but it's definitely not country either.
3: I would say it's closer to pop. I would, too. I mean, it has that, like, synthesized sound and the keyboard, and I, like, it sounds more like a song off of 1989 than anything else. Mm
0: -hmm. And that... Oh! Oh! That I love so much...
1: I like it, whatever. Ugh. I do. Too.
0: I like the sound of what Taylor did with it. If she got rid of those oos, but I mean, that's a discussion we've already had on a past episode. Really, the question at hand again is: Do you guys see these songs being kind of her old songs that appear on the nineteen eighty nine tour?
3: Yeah, I would. I would say probably yes. I mean, she's saying the exact same set list in London today. She's gonna sing the same set list in New York on Friday. Um, I think that it's that it's probably a, a good indication of songs that we'll see on tour. Because if you look back to um, her performance two years ago at, at the Jingle Balls, she. Um, Jingle she Balls. Per- <laughs> 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 I was like, I couldn't ignore it. Um, she performed, you know, I uh, I knew you were trouble and we were never, ever getting back together and love story and um, uh, you belong with me. And, you know, it was basically a precursor to the Red Tour. Um, so I would say that this is probably a precursor to the 1989 tour.
2: Was this a similar set list to what she performed at iHeart in Vegas?
3: Yeah, the only difference is- was she sang Blank Space, and she didn't sing Blank Space in Vegas. Well, Blank Space wasn't, wasn't out yet. yet. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. Okay. I just we
1: didn't, didn't
0: know about it. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Technically, it
2: didn't but, but- exist. Right. But we've already heard her do that new version of Love Story. Even yeah. I mean, that was a while ago. When was that?
1: That was at the um, iHeart Radio. I Heart. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the also. first time she sang that.
2: But when was that? Uh, September, like
1: around the twentieth of September, nineteenth
2: or twentieth. Okay, so it was about yeah, 19th. three months ago. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was a few months ago. So she brought it back. I think that's the first time she did that version of it since then that I can think of, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that
2: that would make sense to do it on tour then too. I, you know, I think she's hinting at that stuff for a while. So
0: now, what about that quote I heard? Can somebody give me fill me in on the source of this? I saw it on social media. A quote about Taylor saying something about how fans have wanted her to not yeah, leave out a, any 1989 songs.
3: There was a video on tour which I'll have in the show notes or Diane will have in the show notes. Whoever makes the show notes um, at the at Jingle Ball where she talked about um basically what adam just said that you know she knows that the fans don't want her to leave out any songs from 1989 and she knows that the set list will be predominantly 1989 songs and she's going to take into consideration what songs the fans want to hear um i don't think that this is all that shocking i mean i think we pretty much all assumed that the majority of the tour would be 1989 Mm -hmm. um I think it's interesting that she's taking into consideration that the fans don't want to leave any songs out. But does um, that
1: mean it will be just the songs in the um, actual, the, like, like the first um,
3: 13 songs? Or will oh, she have, excluding like, the deluxe? Yeah, will she, she have those? She didn't say anything about she that. Didn't she didn't specify. Said that, no, she did not. She just said that she knows that fans don't want songs left out. Well, well
0: <laughs> Diane, if that's, uh, honestly, ah, oh, man.
3: That's hard. That's a tough call because we want to hear those songs, but she hasn't played. Any I mean, type she's of, you know, she, she's made the point that, that when the when the out when the deluxe version came out at Target, she was quoted somewhere, and I'll try and find it, um, talking about how she put them on the Target version, um, but she felt like fans would go out and buy it, so it would be like they're on the regular album anyway, um, so. I feel like, you know, if you put all of that together, it kind of, to me, it means that she's hinting at that she probably will sing them on tour. Um, if you if know, she goes that route. Yeah, if she yeah. goes that route. Um, if, if anything, I would say maybe on, like, a sort of, like, B-stage acoustic situation mm-hmm. and maybe not ever, all all three songs every single night, Um, but, you know, in some kind of organization. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, what's yeah. really
0: unfortunate speaking to that point, Diane, is those three are three of my favorite songs on the album. They're really good,
3: yeah. Yeah, Like,
0: they're phenomenal, but it's hard to say whether or not she will be including those when she says that she will try to not leave out any song from the album, because those are not part of the overall story of the main album. Mm -mm. They're sort of a separate story.
3: I think that she must know, looking back at, like, the Speak Now tour, where, like, you know, she, it got to the point where she released um ours as a single and it wasn't originally on the regular version. Um, You know, she knows that these are songs that people listen to just as much as the whole album, even if it's not por- part of the whole like arc of the story. Um, And I think that she knows that. And I think she knows that that was a smart move for her to make in order to, to release ours as a single and to ultimately add it to the tour. And I feel like, you know she obviously knows that that's what fans want to hear like she's on social media she's on twitter she's on tumblr and she can see that the people want to hear you are in love and new romantics and everything like that and i th- i think that she's probably taking that into consideration as well
0: i think new romantics would be a phenomenal tour performance
3: it would be so cool
0: i think she could do something really cool with that and i think that yeah. song is a lot of fun and i think somebody that submitted something to us at some point i know that's very vague um, <laughs> It might have been when we did the over. It might have been when we did the live episode for our third anniversary, and we covered the entire album, every song briefly. That somebody said they see uh, "New Romantics" as sort of an anthem type song. Yeah, and I think those are always like the biggest performances on tour. So I think she could do a lot with that. So that'd be really cool if she um does those.
3: Yeah, and I think looking at how she's chosen to perform "Love Story" is also probably a good indication of how she might choose to incorporate older songs. I mean, obviously, "We Are Never Ever going Back Together" and "I Knew You Were Trouble" are pretty, you know, pretty much the same vocal performance and I would say probably visual performance. Um, Do you know
0: what will be interesting though, Sammy? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is "I Knew, 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 Knew You Knew Were Trouble" to see how she revisualizes it?
3: yeah I mean she's she's said that somewhere and again I'll have to try and find that that she has sort of a well at least I think she did maybe I'm making it up um, I don't think I'm making it up though. that um, she has like a new visual like version of I Knew You Were Trouble that she's like messing around with but she hasn't sung it
0: I've never anywhere. heard that
3: a new version she, or a new performance a new performance like, a, okay. like kind of like how she remixed Love Story like a remixed version of I Knew You Were Trouble um, I'll try and find it um, but I don't know, I feel like she's singing, you know, We're Never Again Back Together and I knew you were trouble pretty much exactly the same as she sang it on tour as she sang it on the album. Um, so I don't really see those songs cha- changing. And I mean like Love Story has kinda gone gone through an evolution, but the first three tours, like the song is basically has not changed. So, you know, those two songs not changing and then songs like Love Story and you Belong With Me change, it kind of makes sense.
0: It does, and I don't necessarily <laughs> think We're Never Getting Back Together or Any You or Trouble are going to change the way Love Story did in the actual sound of the song, but in terms of performance.
3: yeah, I not, think she needs yet. costumes I mean, they, yeah.
0: and things to yeah. make it fit the theme of this tour.
3: Yeah, I mean, she's not going to do the circus act for We're Never Getting Back Together again. Like, this is not going to make sense. No, like, because,
1: because, you know, that part has been, you know... Sh- sh- Like, since that was on the Red Tour, she doesn't have to do the same thing again because people would just get bored. They'd be like, oh, we've seen it already.
0: Yawn. (laughs) Been there, done that. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor, stop boring us, please. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll just be cool. Um, I definitely think that this kind of hinted at the tour set list for us. I'm curious to see what else she incorporates, whether or not she does, in fact, include the entire 1989 album and just how it's all going to go down. I mean, we'll find out. Oh, gosh, not for another, like, six months, almost.
1: Uh (laughs) You're so impatient.
0: (laughs) Well, with Red Tour, it it started in March, so we didn't have to wait quite as long. It was only,
3: like, five months, though. Like, it's not, like, that different
0: (laughs) well you know what speaking to that point too and then with taylor's quote about i'll take it into consideration i feel like she's very sly when she does things like that and that's her way of saying i already did it because by now the tour is in full motion like that is what her career is right now is planning this tour sammy hang on let me finish (laughs) like that is what her career is right now is planning this tour and getting the tour put together so it's like something like the set list i feel like must have been decided already because now the sets actually have to be built the
1: costumes have to be made made.
0: they have to be choreographed and there's only five five and a half six months left whatever it is
2: so i would say that one of the things that she could do is just do a little mashup of the songs that doesn't want to perform the whole song for and have its own separate entity and then just like four or five songs from the album just sing one into the other to the other to the other
0: it's funny you say that, Steve. Have you seen on YouTube those videos about like the entire nineteen eighty nine album in three minutes where people take lyrics I was from
3: that when you
0: each started. of the yeah, they take each of the exactly. each of the songs grab a lyric out of it and make it into one song
2: mm-hmm. no, it's it's, very that's, interesting yeah. I don't know if Taylor of what, would do uh, that Pentatonix did there with the with Taylor's song. what did they do? Yeah. They mashed all the songs together. They did it. I think what wasn't that the one that we were talking about that they did in three minutes. They just went from one part of the song and then. Was it two people singing into another? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then we have seen the same thing.
2: Well, okay. there's been multiple people that have done it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the real popular group that's out there. So.
0: Well, they're just popular to begin with. But. <laughs>
2: so. It's because good.
0: They are good. Now. Something else going on, Diane.
1: Why are you talking to me only?
0: I'm not. I was just (laughs) getting your attention. I I felt like you were zoned out, so I I just wanted to bring you back. (laughs) Taylor got three more Grammy nominations.
1: Good for her, but I'm not surprised. But good for her.
0: (laughs) It doesn't surprise me. Now, she got Song of the Year Record of the Year and Solo Pop Performance of the Year, all for Shake It Off. Now, something I meant to look up before the episode, and I'm hoping maybe someone like Steve... Might know what's the difference between Song of the Year and Record of the Year? No, <laughs> no, no, no daft punk. Do you know no. the answer
3: to that? I do. I Zero. Do. Song of the Year goes to the writers, and Record of the Year goes to the performer. Okay,
0: that wasn't my question though.
1: Oh, um, that's also a good question.
3: Though.
2: That was a good question nonetheless.
0: <laughs> no, it was a good question the difference between Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Um, but my question actually was uh, something I forgot to look up before we recorded when the actual cutoff is and whether or not anything else from 1989 was eligible for the grant. Wow, I
1: like know it. the answer is Cut no, but I
3: don't in, know when the cutoff, cutoff is. cutoff is, is in September. Okay. Or end of August. Know, it's one of those so Shake It Off days. was the only thing
0: eligible. Yes. So, um, yes. Because, I mean, personally, I, I think her so, her album is so phenomenal, I would have liked to see her get more nominations from 1989. It's it still possible.
1: I'm sure it'll happen next year. I mean, year.
3: it's, it's going to... Yeah, I mean it's going to be like Red it'll it'll get nominated for album of the year and um you know, maybe Blank Space will get nominated for song of the year and record of the year, but it just it couldn't happen this year. Okay. Um I think it's interesting cuz I was looking at this the other day, all of the nominees for song of the year um were the performer is also the writer. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Which one is that? Song of the year. Fascinating.
3: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that that was not on purpose, but I think it was just a good year for singer-songwriters that, you know, all of them happened to perform their own music. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that's a good quality to have and something we've all always admired about Taylor is writing her own music. And, um, in fact, she even talks about that in our next little discussion here. Her Billboard Woman of the Year article has finally come out. Gosh, Taylor, you're boring me again. Woman of the Year again? jeez <laughs>
1: do <Deuces> something <are> different
0: <laughs> I know why don't you win a different award already woman of Shoot. the decade <sighs> she's fast. the only artist to do that though to, to do it that twice, twice. yeah she, she is thank you Steve I was being sarcastic when I was
2: yawning at Taylor <laughs> this article was pretty amazing though
0: it was I don't know if it was quite in the same league as the Rolling Stone article that like told us everything about 1989 before we knew about anything with, yeah, to do with I 1989
3: mean, like, if the Rolling Stone article came out now, like, it wouldn't be as amazing. Like, I think it was just because we knew nothing that it just seemed like it. You know what I'm saying? So much song titles. Ah! Yeah, like, yeah, we so didn't have any of that information. But if they, like, started talking about, you know, her working on Out of the Woods now, we'd be like, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, but this is a lot of her life kind of stuff in this article. That's what really makes it fun.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a good article and definitely had good information. So let's kind of sum up some of the points. You got, you know, her discussing her transition to pop. And this I kind of alluded to earlier in the episode when she said, Everyone in and out of the music business kept telling me that my opinion and my viewpoint was naive and overly optimistic, even my own label. But when we got those first day numbers in, all of a sudden, I didn't look so naive anymore. So, like, like I said, I alluded to that earlier in the episode when we were talking about her sales count because people, even her own label telling her, you know, that she couldn't do it. She's like, "Um, yes, I can.
3: <laughs> and it was, Watch it me. Was in, it was interesting because in the article she talked about how, you know, they said that she was going from a genre that she had, you know, made a name for herself in into a genre where she was basically a newcomer and it, like – I I was thinking about this when the Grammy nominations came out that she got her first solo pop performance of the year nomination the first her first time out of the gate as a completely pop ar- artist like she's like she, they are right like she was going into the pop um genre as a completely new artist and so it's really interesting that not only did everybody doubt her but at the end of the day she got all the sales that you know, nobody else got, and she also got a Grammy nomination for it.
0: But what's interesting, though, Sammy, is she wasn't completely new to that genre, and you know, something we were just, or that they mentioned in there, is I Knew You Were Trouble, which they called a big signal flare. Taylor toyed around with pop first to see if it would work and see if her fans would follow her to pop. I mean, she's no dummy. She tested it first before going a full album in pop. (laughs) It's not like she was brand new to the genre. She's been in it for two years.
1: I actually feel like she's been sort of pop-like since, like, 2010. Like, she's been kind of um, moving this way for a long time. So I don't really know why her... um, label was shocked by this
0: well which one was it i think either love story you belong with me one of those that was like the first number one crossover like the first number one in both genres country and pop
2: i, I think you belong with me yeah I that'd be so my too. guess
0: i think it's one of those two i always get the two mixed yeah, up in terms of accolades like, because they have both you know achieved so much
1: yeah and that was back in like 2008 mm-hmm. 2009 so she's been In the pop field, kind of, for a long
2: time. But but people don't successfully do that. That's the problem. Like, even Garth Brooks goes and he puts out a pop album, and it... He did? Totally. Yeah.
0: I guess that's your point.
2: (laughs) But but that's my point, is she was going to, you know... Because a lot of the music industry and the people that work there, they see the trends, they understand... ...out of the music industry that you don't see on the surface... And everything that Taylor was wanting to do was really kind of against all conventional wisdom. But there's only one person that could pull that off, and that was Taylor, and she proved it. Mm -hmm.
0: Booyah, music industry. (laughs) The same music industry told her she would only sell, like, 600,000 albums.
2: Oops. That's why you got to follow your dreams. Regardless if you have nobody following you other than yourself, go for it.
0: And your fans. So, you know, another thing she responded to in the article that I thought was very fascinating was um, the critics of Welcome to New York who are basically saying it doesn't accurately represent it. She lives in this glitzy part of New York and, you know, yada, yada, yada. She's celebrity. That's not the real New York.
1: Well, that's partly true, though.
0: It is partly true. However, her response, the way she just in general responds to criticism is just the way she just, it's almost like she accepts it and is like, yeah, you're right. But then punches them and shuts them up with something else. (laughs) And in this case, she said to take a song and try to apply it to every situation everyone is going through economically, politically in an entire metropolitan area is asking a little much of a piece of music
1: that's true because that can- because one song cannot be all those things like she just has to pick one thing and make a you know and have that be the song you can't have one song do all that
0: well what she does with her music according to her, I believe, is tries to capture a single emotion, a moment in time. She's not trying to be the voice of every person in New York. She's trying to be the voice of herself in a moment in time with an emotion that she's feeling.
3: Yes. I mean, I don't... I think it's kind of ridiculous that, you know, people are questioning her, like, perspective on New York when there's, like, a bajillion other songs about New York that are just as like hopeful and optimistic as hers and no one has ever questioned them like I don't really understand why her particular view on New York is being questioned does that does that make sense I think
0: questioning Taylor has become a game
3: (laughs) it's like everyone's hobby like what can we do to poke holes in her it's like it's not about a boy let's question it Right. Well but even if you know it what? was.
2: She has the right people backing her. I mean, there was uh, in the USA today, uh Billy Joel, who is a New York native, you know, he he pretty much said, Hey, you snoots, let her in. You know, yeah. He has if, if he if he gives the thumbs up to Taylor Swift in New York City, I'm for it too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Were you not for it before? Why <laughs> is that? Uh,
2: maybe I was borderline. <laughs> and that pushed me over the edge. Sammy, a small known fact about Steve
0: is Holy he on, he he only does this show um, for personal reasons. Like he doesn't actually like Taylor; he just does it for his own ego. I,
2: I like to have an unbiased opinion on on something.
3: I mean, talk yeah.
2: about good New York songs. Billy Joel's uh, "New York State of Mind" is right up there with "Welcome to New York." What are Swifties listening to, Billy Joel? I do. I actually do yeah, like Billy Joel. <laughs>
0: I like He's Billy classic. Joel. He's a cool guy. <laughs> now, the article also talked a little bit about um, her working with Max Martin. And a quote I pulled out that I thought was kind of cool is is, you know, Taylor said, Max knew that I wanted to make an album, not a collection of songs that sound like they're recorded in different studios by different people. So he volunteered to record pretty much all the vocals. He'd volunteer and not ask for anything. And the more he did that, the more I realized he deserved credit for that. That's what makes him feel to me like a co-executive producer. Now, that's in regards to him becoming a co-executive producer. But beyond that, I mean, I personally think that's where a huge a huge part of that cohesive sound of the entire album comes from is the fact that it's the same people because, and that's actually really cool that somebody with the credentials of Max Martin didn't have an ego where he'd be like, Oh, you want to write this one with someone else? Well, have fun with it. Then go find your own recording studio.
2: I think what's interesting that, that little bit of the article, it talks about him not wanting to do interviews That too. Yeah,
1: supposedly he doesn't do them. Oh. So I guess for him it's not um about the fame; it's just about the songs, right? Right. About the music. But but since he doesn't
2: do the interviews, it's kind of people make up what they want, and that's kind of what causes a lot of that, too, though.
0: Well, based on this though, based on him simply volunteering to record the tracks that he didn't even write with her, um, I mean he seems like a pretty cool guy in my eyes.
1: What does that mean? He pretty much recorded all the vocals. So is his voice in the background of every song?
0: I don't think that means he sang. I think that means he he did the actual recording, like the studio work.
3: Oh, gotcha. Okay. He mixed mixed it all together to make it sound like a song. Okay.
2: Yes. But if he ever decides to do his first interview, you know where he should do that.
3: Taylor Talk. (laughs) Taylor
2: Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast.
0: Max Martin on working with Taylor Swift.
1: Could you imagine? An (laughs) exclamation Exclusive first
2: interview.
0: Exclusive with Max first, interview. Exclusive
1: we
3: first
1: interview. We should just try Just send him an email, Adam. You want me to
0: send him an email? Just do you have do his it. email address for me? No, <laughs> I, but... I think that might be a little hard to track down. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a try, though. Okay. We'll see. Just Google search. Max Martin email. (laughs) You know what's funny is I think that's how we get so many emails to Taylor talk. Taylor, oh my gosh, I love you so much. You're my favorite artist ever. People probably just email. like They type, they Google, email Taylor Swift. And because on our website we have a part where it says email and we have lots of parts where it says Taylor Swift, the search engine joins that together. For email Taylor Swift. Or call and, Taylor
1: Swift, which explains all of our voicemails.
0: Oh my gosh. Call Taylor let, Let's Google it. Google on air right now on Taylor Talk. Not that this is on topic right now, but just because you brought it up, let's Google search Taylor Swift phone number.
1: Call the real Taylor Swift on speaker.
0: Answers on us. Yahoo. Oh, there we are. TaylorTalk.org.
1: We're like halfway down the page.
0: Oh, uh, we're like the third. There's some YouTube videos.
3: You don't come up when it says e- email Taylor Swift, though.
0: Huh. Well, we sure do for call, or for phone number at least.
3: You Sammy, if that's. Contact the- Taylor Swift. Contact Taylor Swift. You're the fifth one down.
0: Oh, hey, check us out. That's unfortunate. <laughs> hey, FYI to everybody listening if you email Taylor Talk, guess who reads it? No, I don't. This guy, and that's it.
1: (laughs) These people know, but just the random stranger people that are on the internet do not know about our podcast. That's the problem.
0: The random
1: peeps on Google. Yep.
2: All righty. So, how about that Billboard article? What do you want to talk about next? There's some good stuff in here we didn't cover yet. Advice
0: to young artists. Taylor says you're going to have thousands of decisions to make that will shape the public's perception of you let those decisions be your decisions
3: I think that this is I mean this whole little section about advice to young artists obviously it's geared towards young artists or else they wouldn't have said advice to young artists but I feel like that this is advice that anybody can take to um, into you know whatever career you want to go into whether it's a performance career or not does that make sense
1: yeah, definitely. I think so.
0: I get what you're saying. She just happened to be
2: catering it to young artists. and
3: Yeah, but I mean, you know. But is,
2: it, she's done that before, though, too. That was the Wall Street Journal article. A lot of that was focused on young artists that were up and coming.
3: Yeah, but it can be, you know, kind of twisted. Steve, are you talking about the
0: op-ed where she said music yeah. is art, art should be paid for, et cetera, et cetera?
2: Yeah. Right, the The Wall Street Journal article there from when was that? Uh, it was over 100. the summer. Yeah. Why?
3: July, August, September.
2: Pretty much the whole uh, the future of the music industry. Yes, and a lot of it she was speaking to the up and coming artists. So this kind of plays right off to that. I mean, that's that's what's good that Taylor's looking out and wanting to share knowledge to them.
0: Which is interesting because I've seen her reference that article in several other interviews, including this Billboard one. So she definitely feels very powerful about what she said, or very strongly. About what she said in that uh, Wall Street journal, journal op-ed. And specifically, I think in this, she referenced back to the whole Spotify thing, which ties into the quote I just read also, let those decisions be your decisions. You know, her pulling her music from Spotify was her decisions and nobody else's. You can be in favor of it, you can be against it, but at the end of the day, it was her decision to do what she wanted with her music.
3: Yeah, and she talked about how she, you know, even in the op-ed that we were just talking about, that she hinted at it saying, you know, the, that, you know, the music should be treated as an art. And, art you know, is so rare it, and rare yeah, things should be, yeah, paid, so things should be that, paid for. Yeah, so it shouldn't have been that shocking when she pulled it.
0: No, it, it wasn't, actually. <laughs> it really
3: wasn't at all. It, it really shocked, shocked the like, rest oh. of the
0: world, but her fan base was like, okay, whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were all paying for the music already, so it didn't really affect us.
0: And for everyone that bought the album, which I assume is more or less everybody, less list- actually not more or less, that is everybody listening, I would imagine, and our panel included, who bought multiple copies each, especially Sammy who bought about ten of them. <laughs> why you need ten copies of the same music? I'm she not was sure. was trying but- to
1: collect all the polaroids.
0: Oh, oh, oh! oh I get it. But anyway, um-
3: which is exactly why Taylor designed it that way.
0: Well, I just liked that in this article, Taylor showed appreciation for that. She said that my fans proved it. They proved my point in that Wall Street Journal that people are still willing to pay for music if it's worth it, if it has value to them, which hers has value to all of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a really important thing to point out as well, and I think ties into that advice to young artists, because if you produce a good product that people appreciate and has value to them... like. The reason – the only time I've ever downloaded free music is if I'm like, eh, about it. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me. So, I think that's a fair point. And then finally, on her songwriting, this is, in my opinion at least, the most powerful quote in the entire article where Taylor said, I wouldn't be a singer if I weren't a songwriter. I have no interest in singing someone else's words
1: that's awesome
3: yeah and I think that this goes back to the you know the song of the year thing and that you know this is when Taylor started it was almost a big deal for her to be you know writing her own music and singing it whereas now you know she's almost made it the norm in pop music um I mean obviously not everybody but there are a lot of artists that you know are writing their own songs and then recording them because you know because of people like Taylor that made it okay for you to do that
0: well i think sammy that those are the people who are actually making it in the industry now because their music becomes far more relatable when they write it because they write it from the perspective of a real person not someone just writing to have it sell
1: yeah
0: so i don't know if they're necessarily like the industry is changing because of her I i mean indirectly yes because artists are real well
3: I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag because if you look at like you know the pop songs of the year that uh, pop albums that got no- of the year that got nominated versus song of the year that got nominated, it's very it reflects a very different music industry. So it's kind of mixed, I suppose. Does that make sense. I I guess so. Like, it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like one one uh, category is like. 1989 and after and one is like 1989 and before because like uh, like i feel like and ariana grande said something about that which if you give me a second i will find it does Uh, ariana grande write her
0: own music
3: i i don't know i honestly do not know um but you know she was talking talking about how taylor was you know paving the paving the way for a lot of Um, you know, pop artists, and I think that you know, the Grammy nominations are a good reflection of that. That Taylor was, you know, this is not the first time that Taylor has been able to get a nomination for writing her own songs, but the fact that you know, she's not the only artist is you know, kind of a big deal. Um, and I'm almost there, almost there, there it is. Um, she said she's doing something incredibly special for pop, her album is actually selling in a time like this, and it gives us all hope. Um,
0: I remember that quote,
3: yeah. (laughs) Um, but so I think it's just, you know, her talking about being a singer, you know, she wouldn't be a singer if she wasn't a songwriter is this kind of, you know, I don't know. I think that with the, the, the way that her sales were, you know, the fact that she's staying true to herself and not letting people write music for her and her going to the studio and being like, Oh, I don't know what to write about. And, you know, her just recording a song kind of thing, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, indicative of where the music industry is going. Well,
0: you know what, Sammy? What's interesting is I think this quote here in Billboard goes along with her quote from the Wall Street Journal op-ed about music is art. Because, you know, when we first discussed that article, something I said, my comment, was where Taylor, I think, and dare I say it, but I think in this respect, Taylor was slightly naive because Taylor her music is art what a lot of other people are singing on the radio is not
1: yeah but and i, I think I, she overlooked that part right so. but i think what agree. she means is just that you should create art so people will and and you know and then um and then the um art will sell because it is art like you have to make art first for it to be sold does that make sense yes okay yeah. Do you know what makes
2: sense <laughs> i got a good one for you adam There's another line in here. Um, It's about um, you're always uh, promoting new artists. How do you listen and discover music? Did you see that one? Yes. She she said she discovers it through iTunes recommendations, through social media. She did name drop, but here's the funny thing. So it says, um, you like Lord. you should probably broods. And I was like, wait a minute. Do you remember that, the broods? I do. The Broods. The brood? I've yes. heard of it. I
0: recognize the
3: name. We a, Episode one for- We had them as a... What were Swifties listening to? Did Swifties, I buy their yes. song? You yes. might have. Yep, what Swifties song was it?
2: Swifties are listening to Mother and Father. Yes! Yes,
1: I like them. They're good.
2: Wait,
0: Steve, are, are you saying that Taylor listened to Taylor Talk <laughs> and took our suggestion?
2: Well, she, she gives iTunes credit to this, but really, she got that from us. because Yeah, it, it must well, have been from we're us. We're on right?
1: iTunes, so obviously... so so
2: that that really if anything tells you how powerful that what are swifty listening to segment really is so if people do have stuff to submit to that that's really that's that's a helpful segment
0: Well, Well, yeah, no, Steve, you're right. And I, I, when you say that it's a very powerful segment and a thing that we do, I don't think you're necessarily crediting us with, I just want to be clear about this. You're not necessarily crediting us with Taylor discovering the broods, but more so in the sense showing that recommendations of music is how people discover it. So people who are listening to that, uh, to our podcast and hear that segment discover new music that way.
1: Adam, why do you have to explain the joke? It was a joke.
0: <laughs> I just want. Do you know what? I just want to be clear because we do sometimes get hate mail being like, Taylor doesn't listen to you guys. Like,
1: someone said that?
0: No, no, no. I'm saying that's what we would have gotten oh, if I can. didn't clear that up. <laughs> uh, we,
3: we have some really loyal listeners. I think that they would have been like, I'm sure Taylor's listening.
1: Good job. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> I don't know. I-, I don't know about that, Sammy, but.
3: <laughs> I have uh, more you guys than Adam does. Can it be said here? It's said here.
0: <laughs> righty. Well, speaking of all our, our lovely, loyal listeners and any potential newcomers, hope you guys enjoyed this new format of main discussion. That doesn't mean we're doing away with song analyses by any means, but... This was just something a little bit new and fresh. We so just We just had didn't... a lot
1: to talk about. so we'll Yeah, just...
0: there was just a lot going on. And, and we're like, wait, this could be the main discussion. No, that wouldn't be quite enough for a 20-minute discussion. What about that? No. So we're like, hey, all of them together. And it worked. And Yay. Sammy didn't want
3: to say it all in the news. So, you know.
0: <laughs> that, too. Sammy would have run out of breath if she had to share everything we just talked about in the news. Yeah, and I've is. never heard Sammy run out of breath before. Believe me. <laughs> She's like a steam train of words. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just rolls right over. Here. Keeps
0: going. <laughs> Alright. So Sammy, guys I gotta go cry in the <laughs> Sammy, stop it. Stop it. We gotta finish the episode and then you can cry. Adam uh, <laughs> You know your Swifty when slash if Swifties ruled the world. Items submitted by you guys. Diane, what is the first one? The
1: first one comes from Liam Bolam. One. And they say, you know you're Swifty when you're practicing a presentation and hear shake it off in the background and lose all concentration.
3: <sighs> that sounds tough. <laughs>
0: yeah, I could like, lose focus have, like, easily too.
3: Weird like Taylor senses and all of a sudden you just hear like a note like in the distance and you're like, shake it off.
0: <laughs> oh, that happens, Sammy.
3: It does happen. Sure does.
2: <laughs> the, the second one comes from Swift Loves You from Taylor Connect. Wait, we so still Swift- have a
0: Taylor Connect? I'm kidding. Of course, we have a Taylor Connect. That's great.
2: (laughs) If Swifties ruled the world December 13th, Taylor's birthday, national holiday.
0: Wait, Steve, I think Skype was breaking up on you. Can you say it one more time?
2: One more time. If Swifties ruled the world December 13th, which is Taylor's birthday, would be a national holiday.
0: Ah, that's how I got it. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) You're welcome.
3: Uh, the next one is from Isaac via email. You know you're Swifty when you measure car ride distances by how many times you can listen to 1989 all the way through. Like a two hour car ride would be two listens. I can vouch for this. I do this when I go to school. That's awesome. Oh, that's
0: funny. Do you know? Do you and know what? Um, Sammy, when 1989 came out, um, that was the first time I was ever like, oh my gosh, my commute to work is too short. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're like, I don't have enough time to listen to all of songs. I was times. like, I only heard
0: three songs. I need a longer drive. <laughs>
3: but, but, but the sad part is, is that helped me realize just how long my commute to school was, because I can listen to the entire deluxe album from Welcome to New York to the third um, vo- vo- uh, voice memo wow. in, in wow. one car trip to That's
0: a long drive. Wow. Yeah, it's a really long
3: Why drive.
1: Why do you do that?
0: <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Next one comes from Adam on Facebook. You have a very fine name, my friend. Adam, did you
3: submit this? I did not.
0: I did not. It was a different Adam. But as you guys know, we don't do last names here just to keep, you know, everyone's privacy private. But Adam on Facebook said, you know you're Swifty when you write a whole research paper on Taylor and her music.
1: I've done that before. I
0: was going to say, isn't that more or less what we do on this podcast? (laughs) This is like a research talk discussion basically. On Taylor.
1: Um, This next one comes from Roger via email. And he says, you know, you're a Swifty when on the 1989 tour, you were going to see Taylor perform for the 13th time. That's so fun.
2: That's special. Uh, The next one comes from Red T Swift 13 uh, via email. You know, you're a Swifty when you get teary eyed when Taylor gives her speech for the award of excellence at the AMA's. Yeah. That was a good speech.
3: Yeah, that
2: was a really good speech. <laughs> Adam, I already there.
3: cried this episode. You can't cry anymore.
0: Oh, sorry.
3: <laughs> Crying ban. Um, you know you're a Swifty when your grandma saves magazines so she can give them to you because Taylor's on them. That's from Sarah via Facebook. That's so How nice. funny. That is a very nice thing to do. What a nice grandma. All
0: right, and finally, Gabrielle on Facebook said, you know you're a Swifty when... You win the Taylor Swift Award at your Young Adults Group end-of-the-year party.
1: Did they make that award
3: for you? It's really I really funny. hope they did. I really <laughs> hope they did.
0: You know Taylor deserves awards when her fans get awards.
3: <laughs> for being Taylor
0: You know you're a Taylor Swift when you're big enough that your fans get awards, you too. You know you're
1: a Taylor Swift when? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Alrighty. Thank you for everyone who sent those in. Keep them coming for future episodes. You guys know how to contact us, taylortalk.org slash contact. There's a ton of different ways you can reach out to us. Next up, what are Swifties listening to? A segment we were talking about earlier where we help introduce everybody to new music submitted by you guys. So Annie emailed us and said, Swifties are listening to The Hanging Tree by Jennifer Lawrence. It's a very simple song, but Jennifer's voice is so awesome. And this song is especially best for the fans of The Hunger Games.
3: This song is phenomenal. It is so good, you guys. You have to download it.
2: I I'm actually really she glad. She was singing. She is. She was, yeah. She, Jennifer yeah, Lawrence she was. De-
3: she definitely was.
2: She has, like, I'll have to listen to it because I'm not, not. I know she's a great actress. I didn't know that she could sing that, so that's great. I mean,
3: I'm not saying that it's the best singing in the history of the world it sounds really good but just like I don't know the song itself is really really powerful both at, in context and out of context
0: well I'm glad that Annie submitted that because I actually didn't know that there was some sort of store, studio recording of it I thought it was just in the movie because it was in the book
3: no, no no um it's almost in the top 10 like it's like a big deal but like when I heard it like I I didn't think that, because the soundtrack that it's on, it's on the, like, the orchestration soundtrack. It's not on the actual, like, the one with Lord on it. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to hear it. But then I played it on iTunes, and it's actually Jennifer Lawrence singing, and I was very excited.
0: Yeah. So, yes, you should download it. It's cool. So check it out. I mean, in my opinion, the lyrics are a little bit morbid, but.
3: Well, (laughs) well, it's a morbid story. Like, what do you expect? In context, the morbid lyrics make sense. Out of context, it's just a really powerful song. (laughs)
0: thank you for the clarification sammy you're welcome and thank you annie for the suggestion hope everybody goes and checks out jennifer lawrence's song now one last segment before we go something we haven't done in quite a while because we don't get a lot of submissions for this segment it's called what would taylor do kevin emailed us and asked what would taylor do if she had a concert where the audience was only male swifties
1: Ooh. she probably wouldn't do anything yeah, <laughs> she'd be like she'd she be
0: like score i totally have my pick <laughs> oh, i've got lots of blank spaces tonight oh god <laughs> <laughs> i joke i joke of course uh, but i do think she would just give the same performance she always gave
1: she'd probably god. laugh later like oh that was interesting she'd be like how how did that happen <laughs>
0: I, I don't think it would ever happen but it would be interesting to see her reaction if she gets on stage and is like uh wait a sec she's
1: like well i've never seen this before and, and like
0: you know how when she walks out on stage for the first time you hear
1: Woo!
0: you would hear like yeah <laughs> and she'd be like wait a sec are we having an earthquake right now yeah it's
1: that, like some sort of war cry or something <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be funny that would be funny but that's an interesting question kevin and, and the perspective of male swifties is always great and i love the recent influx of male swifties to our community i i think it's definitely a growing segment because steve you'll remember quite a while ago episode 54 more than 100 episodes ago when we did an all guys episode and we discussed what it's like being a male in a predominantly female fandom right and now it's – I I mean, it's still more heavily female than male, but definitely starting to balance out. I mean, even if you just look at our submissions that we got for this episode, we have Liam, we have Isaac, Adam, and Roger. Four out of the eight, half of the submissions came from guys.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, and Kevin, what would Taylor do? So, um, I, I just – you know – <laughs> I I can't say that it's feasible that it would be all-male Swifties, but I definitely think she's going to start looking into a crowd and seeing different faces than what she used to. I would agree. I wow. agree. So thanks for asking that question, Kevin. It was a very fascinating question. If you're curious about that All Guys episode, it's still a great episode. That's at org slash episode 54. You can... Check that out and stream it there. It's no longer on iTunes um, because it's so darn old, but it is on the website. You can check it out. Pretty cool. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Taylor Talk. Remember, the quickest way to get new episodes is to go to that nice little iTunes button that says subscribe. If you hit that button, iTunes will download every new episode for you as it comes out. It's a great way to keep up. Otherwise, they come out every single Monday, and you could download it manually. But that seems like a lot of work when you can just hit the subscribe button, if you ask me. So, that's just my opinion. Throwing it out there. If you want to give us any sort of feedback for the show, any submissions, any general feedback, let us know how we're doing. You can, of course, find ways to contact us at taylortalk.org slash contact. You can email us, voicemail us, Facebook us, tweet us, whatever you want to do. There's lots of ways you can reach out to us. They're all at taylortalk.org slash contact. And, of course, if you want to give us feedback and share your feedback with the rest of the world taylortalk.org slash iTunes. You can leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, critique us. Tell us what we're doing good. Tell us what you'd like to see more of. Tell us what we're doing wrong so we can improve. We're doing our best to make the show as great as possible for you guys. So that feedback is very appreciated. Again, that link is taylortalk.org slash iTunes. Now, wrapping it up for episode 163, it's time to say goodbye to all of you guys. For 163, this has been Adam. Diane. Sammy. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Steve, are you gonna say bye?
2: I did I did try to say bye. Oh
0: bye. Bye. It, it must have broken up. Do it again. <laughs> okay, there's no Steve. Alright, bye. <laughs>
1: this podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.